you very much, uh, Sharma and now Krishna. Um, now I'll hand it over to Krishna Satcharaj, who doesn't really need an introduction, especially you know, in this community. He's, uh, even though he's no longer resident here, he's still <coughs> a member of this community. And he's very kindly agreed to, um, to speak uh, to us about Lord Ramachandra. Um, despite having another engagement, having had another engagement earlier this evening. Um, but I thought it was particularly appropriate to ask Maharaj to, uh, to speak about Lord Ram. He spent so many years in the forest since Maharaj himself now lives on the edge of the, the forest. <laughs> deer and, and wild boar and other animals. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and, uh, they, they might still manifest at some point. Yeah. But uh, without further ado, I'll hand it over to you, Maharaj. Thank you again for agreeing to this short notice. Well, thank you for inviting me. And it's always, yeah, it's always nice to uh, connect, to be reconnected to Oxford Loka. <laughs> Uh, and yes, I do feel uh, I'm missing. I'm missing Oxford. It's my, it's my home in so many ways. So it's nice to see all of you, uh, if even if only from a distance. Uh, okay, let's get into it, and we'll be we'll be brief and. Uh, it's going to be kind of impressionistic, I would say, and we'll see if there's some discussion after after some time. I thought a nice way to start would be with Surdas. <laughs> In any case, uh, attributed to Surdas uh, from Sur's Ocean, Sur Sagar. Uh, from the translation of John Stratton Hawley. Uh, this is verse or song number 364. And the idea, I, I'm reading this because the idea is sort of jumping into the middle of things uh, because if we think of Ram's pastimes as eternal, as going on, as going on as we speak, then we can think of each episode as also kind of going on, uh, reoccurring, and we can sort of enter into the ocean, the sagara of Ramlila from any, from any point. So this is uh, after Ram has just very, very soon after he has departed from Ayodhya for the forest uh, with Sita and Lakshman. And of course, there's been lots of drama prior to this. Uh, and they are approaching the river Ganga and they want to cross to go into the forest proper. This would be, a, I guess, a border of the Ayodhya uh, country proper, 
They're going off into the forest. So it starts like this. A traveler says, Hey, brother, hey, boatman, take your ferrying fee. King Raghupati is standing, waiting here. Why hide your boat over there? And the boatman replies, At the touch of Hari's foot, a slab of stone vanished to the realm of the gods. What would I do to take care of my family if that should happen to my boat? I've heard plenty about the grandeur of those feet. Jatayu merely praised the dust gathered there and found himself ferried to heaven. The greatness of Surdas's Lord is so measureless that Vedas and Puranas raise the song. So this is a, a, a song in Brajabhasa. Uh, the, the original is also here. Just to give a little flavor of it, uh, it starts out, Re Baya Shevat Le Uttarai Re Baya Raghupati Maharaj Ittatare Te Takanava Durai Rebaya. And so it goes on like that. Rebaya. Oh, brother. <laughs> um, so this little song or uh, poem is emphasizing the divinity of Rama. Uh, as we see, because uh, the concern of the boatman is that if, if these lotus feet of Lord Rama touch his boat, considering what happened uh, to the stone uh, in which Ahalya had been turned uh, for such a long time and now had uh, become re-manifest as Ahalya, Apparently, the news traveled fast after that event. And so the boatman says, I don't want something similar to happen to my boat because it's this boat which uh, maintains my family. So he's thinking practically. <laughs> but in his reservation, uh, in his concern, he's actually praising the Lord. And he's praising the power of the Lord's feet, uh, the transformative power. And he mentions he mentions Jatayu, uh, that Jatayu, uh, all he did was praise the dust uh, at, of the feet of the Lord. And what happened? Well, that's going to happen later in the, in the. Rama Lila, he's going to 
attempt to defend Sita, and in the process he's going to be killed by Ravana, but in the process he's going to be elevated to Vaikuntha uh, by the blessings of Lord, Lord Rama. And then the last two lines, the greatness of Surdas's Lord is so measureless that Vedas and Puranas raise the song, raise the song. Veda Purana ni gai re baya. That's the last line. Aganita <laughs> um, mahima, the uncountable glory. Uh, and so there's a, a bit of sense of you know, this is all that can be said. We can simply point uh, to his glory. But we could say there's a problem with this verse, with this poem. And uh, what would the problem be? The problem would be too much emphasis on Ram's divinity. Rama has appeared in the world, we understand, as a man. And indeed, he is called Maryada Purushottama, sometimes contrasted uh, with Lila Purushottama Krishna, Maryada Purushottama. He is Uttama, no doubt, but Purusha, nonetheless. He is a person a human being, and why? Because he has a specific mission, and the mission is to to kill the demon Ravana, whose benediction is that he cannot be killed by any divinity. And so Rama has to come as a as an ordinary so to say ordinary, or we may want to say extraordinary, man. Uh, and indeed, he has to completely forget that he is a divinity. Excuse me, I have to turn off what's up here, otherwise I get these beeps and such. <clears throat> Yeah, okay. Um, and I want to suggest that it's also a problem to think too much that Rama is God, because then, as also some uh, pundits have argued, if we're only thinking that he is God, then um, he's not someone to follow. He's not someone to uh, take example from. He's only someone you can say, well, he is God. So, <laughs> so I can't relate in any way. Uh, and that we don't want because we want to learn from Rama. And what do we learn? Well, there's a lot we can learn, and especially in the in the sphere of maryada, in the sphere of, we might translate maryada as propriety, uh, how to be a good person, how to how to act properly, 
how to make choices uh, which are upholding upholding the principle of upholding. <laughs> Dharma, you can say, is the principle of upholding uh, what is right and what is uh, sustaining the world. Rama embodies that, and of course we understand the whole purpose of avatars, the threefold purpose. Um, one of them is to reestablish dharma, which means something for us uh, to do, something to for us to follow. Uh, our essential opportunity as human beings to... Um, to follow dharma, and it can be argued uh, that without a, a foundation of dharma, there's no question of, of bhakti. Well, uh, I don't want to speak too much on that subject, um, except to say if we go too far in thinking that Rama is only a man, that's also a problem. In fact, that was Ravana's problem. <laughs> it was because Ravana considered Rama to be a man that it was possible for Rama to kill Ravana. If Ravana had thought, had, had he even thought that he is uh, God, he would not have been, it would not have been possible, or even some demigod, it would not have been possible for Rama to kill him because that was, that was his benediction. So we don't want to go too far on that side either to think that he, uh, Rama is, after all, an ordinary man. We want to recognize that he is uh, simultaneously, if we like, both male, both man, Purusha, and, well, Purushottama, but he is uh, indeed the supreme person. But this raises for me another question, and maybe this is something we would uh, want to discuss uh, in a few minutes. As some of you will know, when Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu traveled in South India, he met one Brahmin who was very concerned uh, with what is described in Valmiki Ramayana that Sita was abducted by Ravana, he was in, he was feeling, uh, how to say, quite some devastation that this had happened. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu felt great sympathy for him and wanted him to be pacified. And so later, in his travels, he came across a book, if I remember correctly, it was uh, it was Kurma Purana, in which he found 
a passage explaining that the Sita that was uh, abducted, we often say kidnapped, I think it's more of an abduction, uh, by Ravana was not the real Sita, it was a Maya Sita. And incidentally, I came across one account of this, um, which is not in the Valmiki Ramayana. It's one of the countless, uh, as A.K. Ramanujan said, one of the 300 or so <laughs> Ramayana versions. But it's an interesting sort of detail that uh, as... Rama is away in the forest chasing the magical deer who is none other than Maricha, uh, this, this magician. <clears throat> and as Ravana and as Lakshman has in effect been forced by Sita to, to depart from his duty of prote protecting her because of the sound of what seems to be Rama's voice calling for help, Sita, being alone, is approached by Ravana, disguised, as you all know for sure, as, as a mendicant. And Sita, being a good householder, I was just muted. How did that happen? <clears throat> Um, I don't know how long I've been muted. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. So anyway, this this version of the approaching of Ravana to abduct Sita when he reveals his actual identity to her. Uh, she says, before she take before Ravana takes her away, he doesn't just grab her and take her away. Uh, he says, "Oh wait, wait! Uh, I just need to do one thing <laughs> before you take me. <laughs> uh, just give me one minute." And she goes back into the hut, and in the hut. She expands herself because she is none other than Lakshmi Devi. She can do that. So she expands herself into a second Sita Devi, uh, looking exactly the same. And then, as the second Sita Devi, the Maya Sita, uh, emerges from the hut. The original Sita disappears, or according to uh, the Chaitanya Charitamrita, and I presume the Kurma Purana, she is taken into the shelter of Agni Dev. And then it's the Maya Sita who goes with Ravana. Now, here's my concern is that if we understand that this is Maya Sita, it's not really Sita, it's just uh, uh, a, 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 
an image of Sita, then what happens to our sense of of the drama which is going on? Uh, the drama of the separation of Sita and Rama, the drama of of Sita in danger, uh, the threat of her life, the threat of her chast- to her chastity, all of the suffering that we uh, understand Sita goes through, and uh, we heard some, I guess, a couple of weeks ago from. Shanagarishi Prabhu, who was uh, reading from Anuradha Devi's um, lockdown story, <laughs> I attended uh, this very nice account of Sita being locked down in the Ashok Garden. So, what happens to all of that if we have in the forefront of our mind? Well, anyway, she was just Maya Sita; she wasn't the real the real thing. And on the other side, we don't want to minimize uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's joy at discovering that, oh, this is only Maya Sita, and the joy he has in giving relief to the Brahman, as described by Krishnadas Kaviraj. Anyway, that's that's an an issue uh, that came to my mind the last couple of days, um, which I'm leaving characteristically up in the air. Uh, another theme I wanted to uh, touch on briefly, because as some of you know, lately I've been writing something about... Uh, well, let's say Vaishnavism and animals, animal ethics and such. And I'm also thinking about this for possibly more writing. So um, it's so interesting that Lord Rama, or Rama, <laughs> instead of saying Lord Rama, just Rama, Rama Chandra, King Rama, we can say King Rama. Um, has these amazing encounters with animals. And of course, the animals are also amazing in so many ways. Uh, they, mm, well, they speak. Uh, it seems like these animals speak perfect Sanskrit, in fact, these van- vanaras in particular, and jatayu, um, especially Jatayu, of course, as we talked about a little while ago, is glorified because uh, he gives his life for Rama. And Rama honors him uh, with, uh, with, with, the, with a, uh, a glorious funeral uh, in the forest as he has has so gloriously given his life to protect Sita. Um, the the meeting with the Vanaras in Kishkinda is fascinating in so many ways. Um, in one sen- in one way is because it is uh, a kind of 
Ramayana within the Ramayana uh, <laughs> with a story of uh, fighting over a kingdom. Uh, it involves Rama in Rama allows himself to be involved in their politics to the extent that he takes sides uh, in a way which suggests his humanness more than his divinity, perhaps, uh, when he shoots Vali from a hiding place uh, to be thereby the brunt of fierce criticism by Vali as he is dying, uh, and by which he, uh, King Rama, defends himself in ways which it has to be said some people are have not been so not found so convincing. Um, the interaction with Hanuman, however, is perhaps most celebrated of uh, Rama's interaction with animals or I shouldn't say perhaps, no doubt it is most celebrated. And I want to share one uh, elaboration on the story of their interaction, which I find very, uh, very nice, very, it's, it's, it's illustrating the spirit of devotion which Hanuman has uh, for Rama. As we all know, Hanuman has been commissioned to f find Sita. Uh, he is sent to Lanka. His uh, special qualification is his power to leap across, uh, all the way across to Lanka in one jump. Which, which he does successfully, and uh, after long searching, he eventually finds Sita. He meets uh, Sita. He speaks with Sita. He reassures her. Uh, and uh, there's a, also a nice song from, from Surdas on this subject, his reassurance of Sita Devi. Don't let your soul feel sorrowful now, mother. Ramachandra's not far away in the forest, so don't let worries enter your mind. I'd kill all his enemies and take you to him today, but I fear to insult him by breaking his command, in his fine hand he's assembled well-hewn arrows. How could I do anything to keep them from their goal? How many enemies, denizens of darkness, will survive the rise of that one sun in the Ragu clan? Ten heads and faces? Let him cut them down in battle, so they'll each come to know their reward. 
once he's killed that king and his offspring, I'll make the Lord appear before your eyes. Sur says, I swear it will scarcely be a day before I bring him here, that treasury of grace. And so, again, as we all know, uh, Hanuman, after reassuring Sita, is captured. Um, he's He's captured because he's hungry, and he lingers in the Ashok garden to to take some of the fruit. Uh, there's more to that story as well, but eventually he is caught by the Rakshasas. He's brought f- before uh, before Ravana, where he is, shall we say, interviewed, uh, and the being caught is we are to understand fully according to Hanuman's intention. And it's by his intention because he is putting himself into a situation in which he understands Lord Rama is now completely in control. And only when Rama is completely in control, when he, he sees the situation is completely in the Lord's control, only then will it be revealed to Hanuman what it is more that Rama wants Hanuman to do in Lanka before he returns to the mainland. <clears throat> Now, this is all part of an answer to a question that Hanuman is asked by Rama later. He says, Rama asks, why did you burn Lanka? (laughs) And Hanuman basically says, because you wanted me to. (laughs) And how does he know that he wanted him to? Because when Ravana finally, uh, they come to the conclusion what to do with Uh, Hanuman short of killing him because uh, the desire to kill him by Ravana has been stopped by Vibhishana who says you can't do that, he is a messenger, that's against Dharma. Uh, You can't kill a messenger, you can give him some trouble but you can't kill him. So they decide okay we will give him trouble uh, by wrapping his tail in oil-soaked cloth, which they do, and then they light the cloth, and then Hanuman knows exactly what Lord Ram wants him to do. And so he releases himself because he was never actually bound, and he goes about the town burning uh, the entire uh, city of Lanka, which is a city of home of houses of material attachment, houses which were temples, temples of uh, the material body. <laughs> uh, in each of the homes, except Vibhishana's, which he does not 
destroy, uh, uh, except for his home, uh, Hanuman burns all of the houses and palace, all of the temples uh, of Lanka before returning to Rama. Uh, so this, again, uh, makes a kind of uh, image that we can meditate on amongst the countless images of uh, Lord Rama's pastimes, which make up the, the Ramayana, which we understand Hanuman is reciting perpetually, which means he's reciting as we speak. Uh, so, um, with that, I will end, uh, hope, hoping to have uh, stirred up a bit of thought, reflection about Lord Rama, so that if you feel there's something to be discussed, we could do that. Thank you, Maharaj. And thank you for reminding me of the beautiful poems that Suradas wrote about Lord Ram. I tend to think of Suradas and Krishna. Yes. Really, he did write many wonderful poems about Lord Ram as well. Yes. Um, uh, as you were speaking about Lord Ram as Mariada Purushottama and setting the example for us, it's following Dharma. It seems sometimes that. Um, um, that the example he sets is is so um, superhuman in many ways in his pursuit of dharma that it seems almost impossible for us to possibly follow that. Whereas, kind of the, uh, the uh, Krishna is kind of in sort of weaving into the story of the Mahabharata. Kind of that seems like a more sort of approachable uh, form of, of dharma that we. Or talk there where it's kind of well, dark was kind of a little tricky, and we have to judge it case by case basis. And it seems sort of a more human approach. So, I wonder if you had anything to say about sort of Lord Ram. Yes, he kind of is the imperfect human, um, but in being so perfectly human, he almost seems sort of uh, superhuman. And, uh, yeah, so hard for us to follow. Yeah. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed it is so. I would put it like this. I, I see the two, uh, Mariada Purushottama and Lila Purushottama, as complementing each other. And whereas it's true, Rama seems beyond reach in a sense, um, the the point is made that he is still human and therefore and therefore his ideality if you like his idealness is to be aimed toward however short we may come we've we, however short we may fall uh, before that ideal and then complementing the Mariyata Purushottama is the Lila Purushottama Krishna, uh, who is, as you said, seeming sort of more um, maybe flexible, uh, Deshakala Patra sort of Dharma, <laughs> and so on. 
But but Krishna has something of a negative reputation for uh, precisely because of that in the context of talking about dharma. And so it seems to me that uh, there is need for the balance of the two. Uh, otherwise, it w- could be too easy to say, well, I follow Krishna, uh, who is very tricky, so I'm also very tricky, uh, and Desha Kalapatra, I, I've, you know, I make my adjustments as I see fit. And then it ends up sort of no longer any sort of dharma. Thank you. I like that. Um, if anyone else would like to say something, just unmute yourself and, and you will be heard. <laughs> And so, I, was, I was just thinking where I, in the beginning you were saying how um, Lord Ram is uh, we, we, you know, he's, he's, he's too much God so I felt a little oh I should be an atheist and then he's uh, he's, he's kind of he's, he's, he's not enough man or, or well it's difficult because we don't want to be too much man at the same time could, could you clarify that just so that I can uh, go to bed tonight wondering if I do believe that Ram is God. Or... <laughs> so you can have a, a, a peaceful sleep tonight. <laughs> peaceful sleep. Well, as I was thinking about it today, I must confess, uh, it occurred to me the, uh, the Christian expression. Uh, you know, they struggled for, what was it, 300 years to figure out who is Jesus, and they decided that he is both fully man and fully God, wasn't it? Something like, or fully fully man and fully divine. I don't know exactly how they put it. Uh, and what is that? That's a chintya, right? It's, uh, it's the simultaneous, simultaneous uh, bothness. <laughs> and so, so, I don't, I don't see it as necessarily a problem. Just as I don't see it as necessarily a problem uh, to recognize Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as being both the supreme personality of Godhead and uh, absorbed in the mood of the devotee, the Vaishnava. Um, it's uh yeah it's again it's a kind of complementing it's it's uh the you can't have the one without the other in a sense if if rama were completely one or the other i think that would be a problem but his his wonder what makes him wonderful is that he is he is divine and he is human and uh, and and both are there that makes him wonderful that makes him 
especially wonderful. Uh, and that makes it relishable for us. When we, when we read uh, Ram Leela, sometimes we can be absorbed in his humanness. And sometimes we can be absorbed in his divinity. There's a nice episode which I just read about today uh, that I think illustrates this. When Bharata came to find Rama in the forest and convince Rama to come back to Ayodhya, uh, it's a very dramatic scene, and he brings with him the three mothers. He brings uh, Koshalya, Sumitra, and Kaikeyi. All three mothers come with him, and the four of them are pleading with Rama to please come back. Everyone wants you to come back uh, to Ayodhya, and as we all know, Rama says, no, it's not possible. Um, Bharata even offers to take Rama's place. He says, I can fill this role. I can stay in the forest for 14 years. You go back and I'll stay in the forest for 14 years. And Rama says, no, that's not going to work either. <laughs> so... And and Rama is Rama offers equal respect to all three of his mothers, including Kaikeyi, because he has not uh, veered from his conviction that she is not at fault. Bharata has been cursing his mother up and down. Uh, but Rama sees Kaikeyi as his mother, as he sees the other two mothers. So he's giving all respect to them. So the pleading is going back and forth, and it's a heart-rending scene. And at the very end, when Ram absolutely insists, no, I'm staying here, he turns around, and this is Valmiki says he turns around and there are tears in his eyes and he enters into his hut weeping. And the classical commentators try to minimize that. They try to say, well, you know, actually that was just a show or whatever. <laughs> but it's so much more powerful to appreciate, I think, if uh, we see him as uh, showing his feeling that there is indeed nothing to be done. The way things have happened are the way they have to happen. I am accepting them as they are. This is causing great pain for others. Um, so be it. But in that, he feels for his brother. He feels for his mothers. So that's his human, his humanness. 
and we can really uh, we can we can be moved by that. <laughs> Thank you. I'll start my therapy tomorrow. Start your therapy. <laughs> no, no, that was very good. That was very good. Thank you. <laughs> we're a we're a rather quiet bunch in Oxford this evening. Um, I question um, well, could we say that um, Lord Ram is the exemplar of karma yoga as explained in Bhagavad Gita an exemplar of karma yoga I'd have to think about that I suppose that uh, connection is made sometimes um how far we can take it yeah we may do that at least condition uh provisionally <laughs> um yeah in bhagavad gita krishna is of course exhorting arjuna uh to be detached from the results of his actions and to go on acting. And so we might want to take it that way with Rama, but someone may object and say, well, he is uh, fighting Ravana in order to recover Sita. But then you can turn that around and say, well, was he really? Because in the scene... After that, when they're back uh, with the army, they're, they're together again on the mainland, uh, and, and uh, Rama makes this outrageous demand that Sita enter fire as a test, Agni Pariksha. He declares at that time in the Valmiki Ramayana. I specifically remember this passage because it was a passage we were given to translate uh, in my second year Sanskrit class <laughs> in, uh, in Berkeley, University of California. Um, he, he declares at that time that he's only uh, gone to Lanka in order to do what he has to do to establish, to, you know, to set things right. And now that he's done that, he says to Sita, you can go and find somebody else to be with. You can go find another partner. I, 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 I want nothing to do with you. And everyone just, you know, everyone is in shock. He commands Lakshman, build a fire uh, for her to be tested. And, and that's when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says, 
according to Kurma Purana, actually uh, the real Sita comes out, uh, and there's a painting of this that Agni is bringing out in his arms, <laughs> Sita. So you could say, well, this would indeed show that uh, Rama is the perfect karma yogi. He's detached. He's only done it in order to establish dharma. But then you may want to back up and say, yes, but what was all of that um, emotion that Rama expresses when uh, just after Sita is abducted? What was that about? That was the passage we read in our second year Saturday class. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> there may be something in the Adhyatma Ramayana uh, that would explain this more. I'm not familiar, uh, but there could be something there on that subject. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, could you just explain again? I know you said it in the class, but I've forgotten again already. Um, what does Mariada? What does that mean? Well, Mariada uh, can mean boundary or border uh, or limit, limitation. And uh, the general idea is uh, that dharma is about respecting boundaries. It's respecting all sorts of uh, boundaries, of social boundaries especially, but um, other sorts of boundaries. And so Maryada Purushottama is uh, that supreme person of of boundaries, <laughs> who who observes or uh, shows the proper way of acting uh, and respecting the boundaries of dharma. Thank you. Now I don't know where the I don't know the history of that expression. Maybe Gopinath knows. Um, I suspect it's a more recent expression, but I don't know. Mariyada Purushottama, it's kind of typically contrasted with Lila Purushottama. Um, maybe it's in something like Ramcharitmanas or something. I suppose um, that would be a question for Professor John Brockington. <laughs> I don't know, just as a, a small comment on that for all the Oxford devotees. Um, we've distributed Prasadam around to different people, and it all came in a, in a Marks and Spencer's bag, uh, which Anuradha specifically selected because she thought the M could stand for Mariada Purushottama and the S of, of M and S for Sita. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> and the bag was green. And the bag was green. 
So there you go. I think Rachna wants to ask something. Yes, Rachna. Hare Krishna. Long time no see. <laughs> well, I listened to all the lectures you've been doing with the Chaitanya Charya. Oh, okay. Ah, yes, the, the monks broadcast. I'm getting in trouble for those. Somebody in the IRM is on my case. Thank you. <laughs> it's just, I think the comment, I think Shanika Prabhu asked as well, you know, the, the whole uh, Ramayan, you know, and one minute Ramchandra depicted as Lord and then son and the brother. And, and he, even when Sita um, is abducted, the Rakshas, the demon who comes to abduct her, as we grew up listening to Ramayan, actually, he initially refuses to come. And then Ravan says, I'll kill you if you don't go. Yeah, Maricha. Yeah, I'd rather die in the hand of Lord than you. So he knew who Rama was. Oh, yeah. And you know, lots of other, you know, like Vibhisha knew who Ram, Ram is. Yeah. How come Ravan had you know, so <laughs> he even to Ravana, rather die in hand of Lord than you because he was going to kill him otherwise. And there's <clears throat> almost a hide and seek all through the Ramayana. You know, uh, Shabri knows that Ram's coming. All the rishis tell tell her that Prabhu's coming, and so she she waits for him to come. Whereas all the demons don't seem to know that he's Lord. Yeah, Ravana. Ravana seems to have a trouble. He seems to have a problem listening to good advice, isn't it? All the um, all the elders come, and according to some version, um, even he, even his ten heads, or nine of them, or whatever, they try to convince him to give Sita back, but he won't listen. So. It seems to be a problem of uh, seems to be a problem of pride that he's not able to listen to good advice, and he's not able to hear uh, that he, he is he is not an ordinary man, because indeed, if he would just hear that. That would save his life. But because he can't hear that, he <coughs> Ram Ram is able to kill him. <coughs> but as you said in the beginning, Maricha, who uh, Ravana orders to take uh, the form of a deer, uh, and and uh, you know put up this situation of uh, Rama chasing. Uh, Maricha says, "No way! I, I'm not going to do that." And according to some version, I just read this. In fact, today, um, Maricha had previous experience that he had been disguised as a deer, and there were two other deer, and. Uh, Rama had chased them and had killed the other two deer. 
so so Manicha had good experience, and he said, "No, I'm not going to do it." And then Ravana said, "Well, if you don't do it, I will kill you." And then Maricha said, "Oh, then it's better to be killed by <laughs> by Ram." <laughs> An interesting uh, sort of uh, theme or or way to explore the whole Ramayana is in terms of choices made. How how different difficult choices are made uh, in the course of the the story. Um, sometimes undesired, you know. So, yeah, Lakshman, of course, uh, he has to make a choice. He has to leave Sita and so on. Hari Krishna. So, Ram, Ram. Sita, Sita. Nice to see you all. <laughs> I wish we could just have a gathering like in the old days. <laughs> yeah. At at number what was it 63 Divinity Road. <laughs> alas and alack. Or I'd like to have you all here. We would we would have more space. If I could bring you all here, uh, I'm just now thinking. Uh, no, that's not going to work. How can I give you darshan of my deities? I could try. Let's see first if I can switch the camera. One second. FaceTime camera. Huh? Okay. Then we'll take this off and. Hold on tight, we're going for a ride. This is... I think I can make a bit more light. Yes. That's better. So we... As I got up this morning and and, uh, woke up Lord Jagannath, I couldn't help but think, could it be permissible to think of them... Jagannath and Baladev as Rama and Lachmana, and in the middle between them, uh, Sita Devi. So I'm asking the learned scholars of Oxford if that is permissible. Yeah, here's a ministry, Deity Worship. 
It's permissible if you're living in the middle of Poland and uh, you're sort of isolated, then it's permissible. <laughs> I think I think we used to, when we asked you questions like this in Oxford, your invariable answer was, why not? Why not? <laughs> why not? Yes. <laughs> so just don't post it on Facebook. That's what that was my thought. My thought was, I can do this, but just don't post it on Facebook or I'm in trouble. <laughs> okay. So I wish you all a happy Ram Navami. It's still early in the evening for you. For me, it's getting a bit later. It's kind of getting to my bedtime. It's getting to Lord Jagannath's bedtime. So I will say Hare Krishna. Thank you. Thank you all. Hare Krishna. Thank you very much, Maharaj. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Hare Hare. Hey, there's Aish. He's finally revealing himself. <laughs> I saw Anuradha's scream, but I didn't see her before. She kind of disappeared. What to do? Okay, Gaur Prayman and Hari Evo. Hari Hari Evo. See everyone for the single security. Jai. Jai.